You're listening to the Power Walk Ministries broadcast with Pastor Paul Cannings. Thanks for joining us today for this special five-part Thanksgiving 2023 series titled Foundational Building Blocks for Giving Thanks. We've witnessed much loss and hopelessness in the world these days, even within our own backyards or in our individual lives. In the midst of such turmoil, how can we be thankful This week, Pastor Cannings breaks down Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 to answer this question. Let's go there for today's lesson, Focus on Things That Are True. I must admit that when I hear the passage of Scripture that says, In all things give thanks, for this is God's will for you. Many times in my life I've found that to be a stretch. I've actually sought to practice it in the worst times of my life. But it's a passing of someone I love dearly. I sit back and I think, okay, this is one of my worst times. How can I give thanks in the midst of this time? But it is God's will for me. And when I read passages like Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. I read things like, Be careful for nothing in verse 6. How could this be that a person who's under house arrest, who they're talking about killing, That's why he says, for me to live as Christ is to die is gain. He knows that that's in front of him. They're chasing Paul all around. The enemies are against him. Chapter 1, he even have preachers talking against him. Look at him. He's in jail. He's locked up. His ministry is a constant problem everywhere he goes. How could God be in his life? So Paul, in this situation where he is focusing on everybody else, still says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Be careful for nothing. What is wrong with this mind that is going on? No, it's nothing wrong. I've learned in my life that you have to lose your mind in Christ to find your mind for Christ. You see, when you come to this passage that we will work our way through like we always do in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, we work our way through this week as we think through, how can I in all things rejoice? And again, I say rejoice. Be careful for nothing. Oh, man, I've had grandkids. I've seen my grandkids going to school in the midst of this pandemic. Be careful for nothing? What are you talking about? Careful means to examine everything meticulously with a microscope. And after you've examined it carefully and intellectually evaluated all the different things, he says, when you carefully look at it, don't get all excited. Just pray. Match what you have inspected meticulously that could create anxiety in your heart. And when you have done that, pray. Because what you're facing, you intellectually understand the difficulties, the obstacles, the problems that could come from it. When you've looked at all of it, carefully examined all of it, he says, pray about everything and rejoice. And in the same way, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in all things, give thanks, for this is God's will for you. Now, he hasn't lost his mind. What he has done is, he says, I count all things lost in chapter 3. So what he decided to do is that he's lost his, his own mind to gain the mind of Christ so that for him to live is Christ, to die is gain. So how does this work? It's not like Paul just arrived there as soon as he got saved on the road to Damascus and everything came and he was a wonderful apostle that did everything the way God wanted him to do as he continued to move forward. No, no, no. Paul will tell us 
in chapter 6 of Romans that you have to become a slave to righteousness. You have that discipline of a Pharisee of Pharisees, meaning he's following 600 laws. And he meticulously did that and disciplined his life to do that. So he's saying, hey, I've had to learn to become a slave to whatever God is saying is right. I now must be a slave to it. I'm not looking for God to bless me or, or to give me credit or any of these things. I'm a slave. I just do it. But by the time you get to chapter 8, he says, I have learned that a mind that is focused on some things that are against the will of God is a mind of death. So I've learned to let my mind become focused on what Christ is saying because that leads to a life that is bountiful before God. It is easy for us to come to this time of the year and just go through the motions. But to lift holy hands and sincerely say, God, no matter how bad things are, I give you thanks. He says, this is what he's saying is the mindset that leads to this development in our lives so that when we grow and mature, we get to the point where it's not our peace, it's God's peace. And that's what he's teaching us here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, when he says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, what is the big deal about that? We're going to walk our way through this. He's not writing this when anything is great. He's writing this when anything is bad. And people have turned against him. So that's what I love about this passage. Whatever is true. Why is that? something that Paul is wanting for us to first focus on is the first building block for the peace of God to rule our lives, which is verse 9. These things which we have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. Is This, this is where we're heading, right there. Now, not my peace, God's peace. Whatever is true, what does that mean? What he's saying is, whatever is factual, do not go into speculation. Don't go into situations in your life and say, well, you know, if I if I said this, this person may think I'm thinking this. Somebody walk by and they may not have said hi or they hate me and I just can't stand them anyway. I don't even know why I try to talk to them. The person could have just walked by rushing to do something but we start speculating. The Bible says, whatever is true, whatever is factual, speculation can become demonic, especially when we look at passages such as 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 23. And it goes all the way down to verse 26. He says, when we must walk away from those foolish and unlearned questions, avoid knowing that they do gender strife. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men and apt to teach. And he says, he continues down to verse 26. He says, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who has taken captive him at his will. In other words, stick with the truth. Don't worry about speculation. Don't try to go to what you think somebody's thinking. Why is that not a reason why is that a huge? Number one, it could lead to demonic influence on in our lives because the Satan is a liar. That's what John chapter 8 verse 44 says. He can't even think how to tell the truth. It is literally impossible for Satan to be able to tell the truth. That's what the Bible says. His very nature is a liar. Very nature. So it looks Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Christian people, they, they lie, allowed Satan to influence them. The Bible is saying it brings this influence in our lives when we're starting to speculate and kind of come up with different scenarios that don't have any factual basis. Matter of fact, he says just hold to everything that is factual. Trust God for what you don't know. Even if you think your spouse is doing this or that, trust God for what you don't know and hold to what is factual. The Bible is saying why? The Spirit, John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17, is a spirit of truth. His whole focus 
is to ignite truth in our lives. Why? Jesus is the way, salvation, the truth, and the life. If you can experience life and life abundantly, which is the fruit of the Spirit, if you can experience that, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the kindness, the gentleness, peace, all these different things that come out of the fruit of the Spirit, in order for that to happen, we have to let the truth rule because that's the very nature of the Spirit. The very nature of Satan is a liar. The very nature of the Spirit is truth. So if I'm going to focus on what is going to be productive in my Christian walk, in my walk with God, no matter what craziness is going on around, Daniel learned how to live among lions because he committed to the truth. He says it in chapter 1, verse 8, I will do what God says to do no matter what. So we're now more productive in wisdom. And that's why he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 9 through verse 11, well, as a matter of fact, from verse 3 through verse 11, he says, because we are committed to the truth, okay, even preachers could mess this up, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. And then you look at the same thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 11 through verse 15. We can corrupt this. That's why you have to check it out. Look at the scriptures. Pray for God to illuminate the word of God in your mind so you know how to apply it. The Bible is saying, why is that huge? Because when I don't walk in the truth, 2 Peter chapter 1 says, I stumble. I end up walking blind. That's what he says in verse 19, verse 11. I end up being so frustrated, I can't develop a productive results with what I'm dealing with. Because I end up as a believer walking blind. He also says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, when I'm committed to truth, it blesses relationships around me. He says in verse 15, he says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So that's how what happens is when I'm speaking the truth in love, it ends up building healthy relationships that therefore becomes a great asset because when I'm struggling and going through difficult issues, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. That's why Paul is saying, yes, things are a mess in his life. Things are hard in his life. But the one of the building blocks that allows him to experience the peace of God ruling his life, matter of fact, the God of peace dominating his life is his commitment to hold to the truth. So folks, more than ever, the Bible says in these last days, there are going to be false prophets that are going to arise, speaking perverse things. So he says we have to hold to the truth, because that's a serious, fundamental, foundational building block that will set us free. It does not put us in bondage. We're able, by the illumination of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God becoming clear and effective. And because I am walking under the power of the Holy Spirit, walking in wisdom, nothing can hold me in bondage. Nothing can destroy my joy, my peace, my commitment to God, because I'm walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And whenever Satan makes attacks on our lives, the Bible is saying he who is in me is greater because I'm focusing more on walking in the power of the Spirit than in the weakness of the flesh. I pray, folks, that as we face Thanksgiving, we build these blocks. So no matter what is taking place in our lives, we build our lives on a house that is built on the rock. Stay focused. Amen, Pastor Cannings. Yes, Paul's situation was dire, and what an example for us to also capture our thoughts and bring them under the control of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you'd like to review this message, then order your copy online at powerwalkministries.org. That's powerwalkministries.org. Or you can call us at 281-260-7402. With events all around us producing such fear, I'd like to encourage you to get your copy of Pastor Kenning's book, Giving Fear a Knockout Punch. It's a great resource to help you replace fear with faith. 
Right now, here's Pastor Cannings once again with a special word. I would like to thank many of you who stuck with us this year. It has been a blessing. It has blessed us to get a lot done. It blessed us to get to Guyana. It blessed us to get to Africa. It blessed us to now have a partnership with Baptist Fellowship Association and United Baptist Conference. You've blessed us to be able now to have a relationship where we're now training pastors and leaders around the country and around the world. And these relationships continue to be established in places like Ohio, in places like Sedine, in Spring City, Tennessee. You have blessed us to get that done. And I first want to just say thanks to you. If without your gift, we wouldn't be on television, which draws people to those conferences and help pastors to see us and leaders to see us. You wouldn't be on radio, and whether it's Moody or whether it's Salem, whether it's TWR, across the country and across the world. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you would now continue that process next year. We need to raise $550,000. We pray that you would be a blessing to God for us to get this done now. So join us. Go to our website, powerwalkministries.org, powerwalkministries.org. You can do a QR code, PayPal, credit card. You could do different things to give to us. Come and get on our mailing list. 7350 TC Jester Powerwalk Ministries, Houston, Texas, 77088. Get on our mailing list. Write in to us. It helps us to stay encouraged and to stay focused. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you for staying this journey with us. It is so encouraging. Thank you. Stay focused. To make your one-time or ongoing contribution to our ministry, call us at 281-260-7402. That's 281-260-7402. Or visit us at powerwalkministries.org. We appreciate your support very much. And now remember, just like Paul, we can also focus on things that are true and thank God for His blessings. 